Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel, and with me again, as always, are Jake Pavorsky and Josh Brown. Josh, how you doing? Doing great, Dan. A little behind the uh, scenes look. We're doing pod number two today, so we're all wilted by now. We're all tired, but we're going to uh, we're going to push through it and, and get a good pod out there. Jake, you are a big uh, consumer of tea, right? Earl Grey. Did you have a cup of tea? I did not. I'm more, I'm more of a water kind of guy. I'm oh, like, a, like a 90% water intake kind of guy. So I've, I've got a glass next to me. I'm hydrated. I'm ready for another 30 minutes of riveting TV, CBT talk. Excellent. Well, we'll see if we hit 30 minutes. It might be 25, could be even less. Uh, guys, we are going to discuss the Lexington Regional uh, on this episode of the TBT podcast. For those that are aware and for those that uh, should be aware, we've shifted the model this year where we have a host team at each of these regionals. And that host team is essentially going to uh, be the team that draws in a lot of fans. And in Kentucky, in Lexington, Kentucky, we have what probably should be the best possible team as the host team there, the Bluegrass Boys, a Kentucky alumni team. They're the two seed in Kentucky. We'll talk about them uh, in a few minutes. But first, guys, this is a pretty good regional. I'm really impressed by some of the teams that are in here, not just uh, the, the higher profile teams, but you've got teams that are longtime TBT participants. You've got brand new teams. You've got the return of the Hoopville Warriors, one of the TBT originals from 2014. Josh, this has got something for everybody, huh? Yeah, you mentioned it, Dan. I mean, uh, the two teams at the top who we'll get to obviously um, kind of cast a wide net, whether it be Kentucky fans or, um, you know, with loyalty as love, kind of a whole bunch of uh, different kind of groups and teams are represented. And um, But yeah, no, really kind of big addition getting Fort Wayne in that region. I mean, they were a team who made it to the Super 16 a year ago. You have Peoria, who's played well. Um, KBC is another interesting addition. They're kind of a Lexington based team, but they have guys who have played at colleges all over. Uh, and then if you kind of like the TBT underdog kind of story, um, or the, or those kind of teams, you get, you know, Showtime and D2, who, uh, you know, Showtime, this will be their, they've been in TBT every year. This will be year number six for them. They only have one career win, which they got last year. And then D2, a group of guys who mostly played at Queens University, but a couple of other D2 schools represented as well so uh yeah dan kind of something for everyone no matter what kind of tbt team you're uh used to uh, rooting for jake your quick overview of the entire region what are you broad strokes here what are you looking at uh broad, <clears throat> excuse me broad strokes have definitely been obviously the, the ties to that area a lot of reason for fans to come out that live in the kentucky area uh to see these teams whether you root for guys from kentucky western kentucky uh, a lot of guys who went to high school in the lexington and louisville area there's a little bit of something for everyone. Great alumni teams, some NBA guys will be showing up, uh, and just really good competitive teams, teams that have had success in TBT in the past, and some new teams that we expect to have some success as well. So I see a lot of talent up and down the board and plenty of reason for people to come out and see these games, and, and I imagine uh, see a lot, of it, a lot of talent out there as well. Well, guys, let's start with that one seed. Similarly to what we have in the Greensboro Regional, which we just discussed, uh, we've got an NBA star, an all-star, in fact, uh, kind of leading the squad here for loyalty is love. DeMarcus Cousins, University of Kentucky, uh, former player, returns to Lexington with loyalty is love, a name that he developed himself. They're going to play the eight-seeded Hoopville Warriors at 5 o'clock on Friday, July 19th there in Lexington. Um, that game will actually be uh, live-streamed again on ESPN3, so that's one to look out for. The um, the game itself, guys, could be very competitive. Hoopville Warriors are, as I mentioned, a longtime TBT team. They missed last year's tournament but have competed in four other 
TBTs, including the first one ever, where they lost a heartbreaker in the quarterfinals in 2014 to the Big Apple basketball team with a last-second shot by Smush Parker. The team has evolved significantly over the period of time, but they're a Chicago-based team that plays with a level of intensity, guys, that I think is pretty rare, even among the TBT teams that uh, always play hard. Loyalty is love is kind of similar, guys, to what we see with Team Hines in that this is a collection of talent that uh, really would not be out of place on NBA rosters. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins himself did most of the recruiting of the players on this roster. Um, he reached out to guys that he thought would be uh, the best possible players that he could find. He's got some names in here that are unbelievably uh, well-qualified and really, really high-level players. Kiefer Sykes, Quincy Miller, Daniel Orton, Willie Reed, Pierre Jackson. I mean, the list goes on. Isaiah Austin, uh, arguably the biggest name on that roster. Uh, exact opposite is true of uh, the Hoopville Warriors. However, they do have the support of Chicago native Derek Rose. Uh, Jake, let's start with you and your thoughts on this loyalty is love roster. Yeah, as you kind of mentioned, in terms of pure talent alone, right up there with Team Hines, six guys with NBA experience, notable names everyone will will, will know for sure if, if you follow college basketball and the NBA. Uh, I, I think it was, it was said back in the wintertime when DeMarcus was talking about putting together this team, he had a list of about 50 guys that he was targeting. Um, and, and in the process came together, you know, a really excellent roster. Anytime you can kind of play on ESPN with DeMarcus Cousins as your as your coach and on the bench, uh, that's pretty exciting. So uh, you look at the talent that he was able to recruit. I mean, Darius Johnson Odom leaves potentially going back to the Golden Eagles. They thought they had him. He jumps on loyalty as love. Uh, there was a Baylor team in the works. These three guys come to play for DeMarcus Cousins. Pierre Jackson, I think, in terms of just general interest, you mentioned his name you know, to TBT fans and people go nuts. An electric, explosive scoring guard who spent some time with Maccabi Tel Aviv a year ago was in Beijing this year uh, playing in the CBA. A really good scorer who also still has some ups. Quincy Miller has NBA experience. Isaiah Austin has a tremendous story. He's been well covered, especially in the past couple weeks. He's had a couple features uh, done Sports Illustrated, ESPN, E60. Uh, an incredible story if he ends up showing up and playing for this team. Uh, has NBA talent. Obviously, health is kind of not allowed him to explore those options in the past, but a tremendous opportunity for him to get back in the stage, play on national TV, and show people what he's capable of. Uh, on paper, a tremendous team, a lot of talent there, a lot of guards and a lot of bigs. It'll be interesting to see if they find some guys that can kind of play in those those two and three spots um, to fill in the wings there. But uh, a really good team, and, and DeMarcus has done a great job in his first year recruiting these guys and getting them on board. Josh, the story, as always, with every TBT game is – you know, who gets to show up and who plays. There's a bit of a high risk factor when it comes to loyalty is love, just because of our own observations of what's happened with teams with a lot of high profile guys in the past. Uh, that being said, at the time that we're recording this, we've been told every player on this team is going to show they're all committed. Uh, DeMarcus has enlisted the help of uh, trainer Drew Moore, as well as other members of his uh, team to help this team come together. But Josh, your thoughts on this matchup between Hoopville Warriors and loyalty is love. Yeah, Dan, I was kind of laughing because it's so TBT that like, I mean, if you kind of want a behind the scenes look, like we're only three weeks away from games, but you know, Dan and Jake, especially are, are you know, there's, they're in contact with these teams 24 seven about who's going to show up, who's not going to show up. And we'll record, record podcasts two weeks from now. And we still might not be a hundred percent of exactly which guys are going to show up for which team. So um, kind of makes TBT unique and fun. Um, and you never know, uh, will all 10 guys show up or will they show up with five? Uh, a note on that loyalty is love team. I mean, Jake mentioned Pierre Jackson. Um, he, he played in 
uh, China this year, he outscored Jimmer Fredette. Jimmer was number two in the league in scoring. Pierre Jackson was number one. I think he ended a shade under 40 points per game. Um, so, I mean, we all watched and saw what Jimmer did in TBT last year. If Pierre Jackson ends up uh, showing up and doing what he can do for this team, I mean, he could be one of the best guards we've ever had play in TBT. Um, if you listened to the Greensboro pod, I think it's a lot of the same um, as Team Hines if they show up. Um, and everyone's committed and, and they're, you know, they take their competition as serious as they should. They should be the team to come away from the region with uh, to come out of that region. With that being said, um, Hoopville, like Dan said, they kind of play with that Chicago kind of spirit. Uh, Derek Rose is backing them and they kind of play um, that similar kind of, of, you know, nose to the grindstone, tough kind of game. Um, they're not particularly a great shooting team from what I remember watching from them, but they get to the basket, uh, they draw fouls and they get to the free throw line. So, um, it'll be, you know, assuming both teams come with a full roster, it'll be a really great matchup. Um, and you know, loyalty as love will be the favorite, but Hoopville, just the way they play and the way they can kind of grind, te- grind teams down with their physicality, uh, wouldn't shock me at all if it kind of came down to a bucket or two during the uh, Elam ending. Yeah, I mean, neither Britt Booker, the GM head coach of that team, is one of the most intense sideline personnel that anyone's ever going to see. Um, hopefully there's some cameras on him as that game is being played because he's really the leader of that team emotionally. If he could still be out on the court, I know that he would. Uh, he did play in the first 2014 TBT. Um, this is going to be a really great matchup. Again, this is going to be the 5 o'clock game live from Lexington. That'll be on ESPN3. Tickets available uh, to see these guys play. All right, guys. The next uh, game that we're going to take a look at um, is the 2-7 matchup. This one, I'm sorry, is the 4-5 matchup. This is Team KBC, which stands for Kentucky Basketball Commission against the five-seed Peoria All-Stars. Uh, Team KBC is led by Tom Bauer, who is the uh, proprietor of that entity, Kentucky Basketball Commission. They're based in Lexington. Tons of great Kentucky, the Commonwealth of Kentucky-based uh, players on that team, some names that folks from Kentucky are going to recognize. Peoria All-Stars really is a, an epitome of Peoria basketball. It's led by Willie Williams. This is their third year competing in TBT. Uh, they started off in 2017 as a Jamboree entrant and won the Jamboree which was an event we did back then. Uh, the Peoria All-Stars really feature a, a collection of guys from the Peoria area, plus a couple others, I think, from California this year uh, for the first time, including uh, TBT finalists from 2015 and SportsCenter uh, highlight real dunker Zach Andrews making his first appearance, appearance for the Peoria All-Stars, a former Bradley Brave. Josh, your thoughts on this Team KBC versus Peoria matchup, the 4-5, which is going to be the 7 o'clock game on Friday. July 19th. Yeah, the, it, I probably the game of the, the first round uh, down in Lexington. Uh, two really good teams. And, and honestly, both are teams who, like, it wouldn't shock me if either of them ended up winning the region. Um, the one thing I love about Peoria is I have a vivid memory of them in Columbus last year, and I can't remember who ended up beating them, but they lost in round two, I believe, or I, I can't even remember who they played or who they lost to. But whenever they lost in Columbus, that they were the most devastated I've ever seen a TBT team after losing a game. I mean, there were guys crying in the locker room. Um, you know, Willie Williams kind of had to pep everyone back up. Like they really care about winning in TBT. And I know that it's kind of like trivial to say it because of course every team wants to win, but uh, there's just, there's kind of levels to it. And when you see a team care that much, that automatically just gives them a notch in my book. I don't know if it's rational or not, but um 
it, it was really kind of a, a fascinating thing to see them like really shaken up after that game. Like Dan said, they added Zach Andrews to the roster, Lawrence Alexander Jr., who played his uh, college ball at North Dakota State. He's kind of their main scorer, along with Aldonis Foot from Middle Tennessee. Those two are both, um, you know, they carry a high volume of that output on the offensive end for Peoria. Uh, on the other end, KBC um, coming with really an interesting roster. I mean, Chris Lofton is arguably the best player to come out of Lexington in a long, long time. He ended up actually spurning, or he actually, I don't think Kentucky recruited him. He ended up going to rival Tennessee to play his college ball, but he's a legend in that Lexington area. They'll be coached by Shelvin Mack of the Charlotte Hornets. Um, AJ Slaughter, who put together that Kentucky Kings team a couple of years ago, that was a loaded roster who a couple guys couldn't show up. So they probably couldn't play till to the, you know, um, you know, probably as great as they wanted to, but uh, AJ Slaughter is TBT experience. He's played at the highest levels over in Europe. And then you throw in there too, Matt Howard, who played on those two really good Butler teams who made the championship with Brad Stevens as head coach. Um, so he kind of knows what it takes to win at the highest level. And you put all them together um, and that's a really good team too. So um, this is going to be a, 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 you know, like we said about game number one, I think both teams are really going to have to grind it out. And uh, it, it honestly wouldn't shock me one way or another uh, who was this game. Jake, it's another game where we've got an NBA player, NBA star uh, coaching the team. Shelvin Mack apparently is a huge hoops aficionado, watches every basketball game that he possibly can and has been watching TBT the last couple of years and is really excited about putting this team together. Um, obviously, the headliners, I think, on this one, Jake, would be A.J. Slaughter and Chris Lofton. Those would be the two guys that everybody's going to point to, having had tra uh, traditionally great careers all throughout high school, college, and now professionally. Um, I believe that A.J. is playing in France and is moving to Spain next year. But this team, uh, Jake, looks like a really solid roster. Uh, not to be outdone, Peoria All-Stars uh, is going to play with that level of heart and intensity that uh, Josh just discussed. Yeah, it's a really good matchup, and it's a good test for that first-year team in KBC. I, I think Peoria All-Stars is – they're not on the level of a primetime players, but they're one of those smaller teams you can't overlook that is going to give you a really good fight in every game they play. They won the Jamboree in 2017. Uh, last year they played Jimmer Fredette's team in the first round and lost a close one, uh, kept that one really tight, and thought at one point uh, it looked like there was a chance that they could really upset that team. So not a team that can be overlooked, but uh, you, you talk about Slaughter, who's played in TBT in the past. Uh, Chris Lofton is a great add to that team. And you bring in Nick Mayo from Eastern Kentucky, a kid who just graduated this year, uh, four-year starter at that school, averaged right around 20 points a game for his career. Saw him at the Portsmouth Invitational Tournament, which is a pre-draft tournament for college seniors. Shot the ball incredibly well, really impressed with how he played. Is a low-key, really good addition to that team on top of some of the other uh, firepower that they already have. Um, we, we talk about this all the time. It's a battle of, you know, a first-year team with a team that has some experience and is obviously coming off a tough loss and something that they'll, they'll surely remember. And you bring in Michael Bryson, who comes over from West Coast Ronan uh, last year's team, really good scorer on that team. Uh, excellent, excellent matchup. Uh, I, I think on talent alone, KBC probably ekes this one out. And I think given that Shelvin's a great basketball mind and a lot of those guys are in the Lexington area, I imagine they'll put together a pretty hardy training camp. Um, on talent alone, that team, I think, gets it done. Um, but Peoria certainly is not a team that can be overlooked. All right, that's the 7 o'clock game on Friday, July 19th. Uh, there in Lexington. Again, tickets are on sale. Check out thetournament.com for more on that. All right, the 3-6 matchup, guys. This is the 3 o'clock game, the first game of the day between the Fort Wayne Champs and Showtime. Fort Wayne Champs is a five-time TBT participant at this point, which is incredible. Uh, they had a name change. used to be the Ants alumni. Uh, back in 2015, 
2015, they made the semifinals. Uh, this is basically a team that has a lot of guys that have gone through the Fort Wayne um, Ants. That's the name of the team, the Mad Ants, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, uh, organized by Garrett Martz. Uh, this team has always been successful in TBT. Seems like they're always winning two to three games at least. They are the three seed. They're going to play six-time TBT participant Showtime, which features one of only three players that have ever uh, dressed as a player in TBT all six years in Neil Rasnick. Um, this is going to be a great matchup. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, some of my favorite people involved in TBT are in it. The only shame of it is that one of these teams is going to go home early. Um, obviously, you've got a bit of a different scenario here. You've got Garrett Morris, sort of professional sports business uh, guy, organizing the Fort Wayne champs. And then you've got the, the guys from Council Virginia, who are about as far from that as you could possibly be. Um, the progression of Showtime over the years, to me, has been fascinating. It started off with just basically a group of friends that were playing together uh, in Council, Virginia, saw this article that Zach Lowe wrote on Grantland at the time and decided they were going to enter this tournament. Over the years, they've professionalized to an extent that now they've got a really, really solid roster, uh, good enough to warrant an at-large bid for now the fifth year in a row. In the Fort Wayne champs, you've got guys with NBA experience. You've got guys that have participated uh, in the TB in TBT for multiple years uh, and obviously done very, very well over time. Um, Jake, your impressions of this matchup, uh, starting with uh, the Fort Wayne champs. Uh, and one of TBT's most consistent teams had a great run to the Sweet 16 last year, 2015 semifinalist. I think that is a team that is continually overlooked every year. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I think they've put together their best roster uh, in, in sort of the, the four or five years that they've been in CBT. I think th this is their, the best team that they've brought. They return their core of Travis Leslie, Julian Mavunga, Trey McKinney-Jones, um, as well as Steph Hicks, who played on last year's team, uh, was with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants and then earned a call-up with the Indiana Pacers uh, at one point during this past year. He's currently playing in the NBL in China, uh, which is Chinese, China's Summer League, uh, which ends right before TBT starts, I believe. The championship game or their final game would be July 16th. I'm told he's going to fly straight from China into Lexington and play for that team, which is pretty remarkable and shows kind of the dedication that those guys have to this Fort Wayne team as well as to Garrett himself. Uh, Steph's averaging close to 40 points a game right now in China, so it tells you sort of the level of scorer he is. But Garrett works for a, an agency that is based out of Fort Wayne, and he's brought in a couple of guys that he's recruited straight out of college that are starting their pro careers this year. Cam Jackson from Wofford. Uh, running mate with Fletcher McGee on that team that that beat that won their first round matchup uh, in the NCAA tournament and had a really good run there, as well as Brandon Gilbeck, little known player from West Western uh, Illinois, but a tall center who led the nation in blocks. I think he had like 3.6 blocks per game. So a couple of really talented guys there, as well as Levi Bradley from Northern Illinois, who's like a combo forward. Really talented team. This is not a squad that can be overlooked. I, I really like them, and I. I think they're going to do pretty well in this Lexington region. Josh, a little inside intel. There's a chance that Fletcher McGee plays in this game, but it's debatable as to which team he would play for. Uh, mm -hmm. Your thoughts on this matchup, 3-6, uh, between the Fort Wayne champs and Showtime? Well, there's Wofford grads on both sides, so that makes sense. Yep. Like uh, with uh, Jake mentioned with Cameron Jackson, then you have uh, Lee Skinner on the other side. So uh, I'm sure a lot of recruiting going both ways. You got to think though, Fletcher's going to play with the guy he actually played with. So uh, if Vegas is taking money on it, I'd probably put it on Fort Wayne, but uh, either team, that would be awesome to watch. Um, no, this is going to be a good game. Um, Showtime. I think the thing with Showtime is they've kind of, um, even when they weren't winning um, every year, they kind of established themselves as, 
a more kind of competitive team and a team who can like challenge the best of the best. I mean, in back-to-back years, they had to play overseas elite and Ram Nation in the first two rounds of TBT. They lost to Ram Nation on a buzzer reader by Jamie Skeen. They kept it. I think they were down two to overseas elite at halftime uh, when they played them. And then they were ultimately able to get a win last year against the Wake Forest alumni team. Um, they lost a big piece on that team and that Showtime and Marcus Posley. He kind of carried Showtime in that win over the Wake Forest alumni, but they still have a good team. You know, they have uh, two guys from Georgia in Albert Jackson and Charles Mann Jr. has played with them for a couple of years now. Logan McLean from Miami of Ohio. Um, Tyler Laser, who I believe played with Eberline a couple of years ago, making his TBT return uh, to help run point for a Showtime. He comes out of Eastern Illinois. So, um, if we're being 100% honest, I don't know if it's as strong a Showtime team as we saw last year. But with that being said, um, they play with as much heart as any team in TBT. Um, they have a win under the belt last year, so the returning guys kind of know what it takes. Um, Fort Wayne will definitely be the favorite in this game. But um, like Dan mentioned, Fletcher McGee's kind of that ringer out there. So um, depending on who he ends, if he ends up playing and who he ends up playing with, that could change that whole uh, complexion of the game. It's always fun to see old friends come back. And Tyler Laser certainly is one of those. He actually played in the first ever TBT with the Olivet Nazarene alumni team against TIGTAL in the first ever game uh, in TBT back in 2014. It was an 8.30 a.m. game that he played against a team that featured Marshall Henderson and Hakeem work on the same team. So that was really great to see him back. Uh, Tyler's a great point guard and really has had a very good professional career overseas uh, and is an interesting player, I think, uh, all across the board. I think this is going to be a very good game. I think Showtime's going to give him a great run. I do think personally that this is one of the best, if not the best, Ants alumni team that they've put forward, or I should say Fort Wayne champs that they've put forward. So from that perspective, um, I think Showtime's got its work cut out for it. Nevertheless, that is the 3-6 matchup on Friday July 19th from Lexington. That's a three o'clock game. You can check that out on ESPN three. If you're not able to make it there for the game. All right, guys, the last game we're going to preview right now is the two seated bluegrass boys, the Kentucky alumni team against the seven seated D two. This to me looks like it could be pretty ripe for a seven, two upset as of right now, but we'll see what actually happens once we get to the, uh, the, the time frame in which the rosters lock 72 hours before the game. The Bluegrass boys have got some good players on this team. They've got a ton of really great talent, certainly guys that were very, very highly recruited coming out of high school and guys that have had very good professional careers. Uh, D2, I think the biggest difference here is that these guys are now at a very similar point in their professional careers to where these Kentucky guys are. In addition to that, they also have the motivation that they're playing former Kentucky recruits, and these guys were Division II. So if I had to put some kind of a category on the distinction between these two teams, I would say my sense is that the intensity level from these D2 guys is going to be off the charts. They're playing Kentucky at home in Lexington and they want to beat them. That's the the big broad storyline that I can envision. But uh, Josh would love to hear your thoughts on uh, distinctions between these two teams. Yeah, Dan, uh, I think that is maybe when you look at TBT, kind of what um, kind of what is a big difference maker. I mean, if these two teams played in college, the bluegrass boys would win by 30. But like you mentioned, Dan, a lot of these D2 guys are in a, you know, a a similar spot in their professional career. I mean, Todd Withers plays in the G league. He has G league experience. You know, a lot of the guys on the bluegrass boys um, come in with G league experience. Sean Willett um, has played overseas for a couple of teams. 
Um, I believe I was just pulling up his resume as we speak that he has G League experience as well. But Mike Davis, who's played in TBT with Primetime last year, he actually um, was kind of their hero in the Elam ending in game number two against Big X. Uh, he's playing over in Europe right now. Um, so that that is kind of, um, you know, I think people would say, you know, Kentucky alumni team against a bunch of guys who played D2. That's, you know, technically that's true on paper, but it's not really the case when you watch the teams play. You know, these D2 guys have all put together um, professional careers and they're all playing at a high level, either in the G League or um, overseas somewhere. So, um I think we're we're primed for a seven-two upset. It wouldn't shock me at all if we saw it. With that being said, um, you know Kentucky is the Bluegrass Boys are playing at home. Um, they should have that home crowd advantage. John Calipari got out on Twitter today. He's trying to get the word out there to get Kentucky fans in attendance. So um, you know if the Bluegrass Boys can kind of pack uh, Frederick Douglass over in Lexington with a good crowd, uh, maybe that propels them to a win. Uh, Kentucky's also a bigger team than D two. Uh, they have Josh Harrelson, who's probably the most notable name on that team, standing at six foot ten. Um, you have Marcus Lee; he's a big body down low. Derek Willis, who has G League and overseas experience. Um, so Bluegrass Boys is a little bit of a bigger team, um, but D two. Without knowing that much about them, I, I just get the feeling that they can probably shoot the lights out of the ball, and they're going to jack up a lot of threes and probably make a lot of threes. And um, when you have a team that plays like that, you never know what could happen. And you're always ripe for an upset in that in that uh, scenario. So um, I, I know I've been saying this for pretty much every game, but uh, once again, neither result would really shock me at all. Jake, your thoughts on this matchup? We only got seven guys right now as we're recording this on the Kentucky roster, and it seems likely, if not inevitable, that they're going to add multiple more players. And there are some real difference makers out there that could be on this roster. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, there's a whole lot of forwards on that Bluegrass Boys team right now, and not too many guards. I think Dominique Hawkins is the closest thing they have to a true point guard on that team. Uh, even Ramon Harris is more of like a bigger wing than he is, more of a backcourt player. So I know that the GM Mark Krebs has his eye on a couple of Kentucky guys, uh, Archie Goodwin, Marquise T, Deron Lamb, all floating out there in the Kentucky atmosphere. You know, hopefully he can pull in one of those two and, and really change the dynamic of that team. It uh, wouldn't surprise me if maybe they look outside of Kentucky to Eastern Kentucky or Moorhead State or a couple of those schools that have certainly produced a, a lot of talent over the years. Uh, but nevertheless, this is a, a really good D2 team, you know, comprised of players from Lincoln Memorial and Tiny Harry, Tennessee, as well as Queens University uh, in North Carolina. Uh, and Todd Withers, we talked about a minute ago, played for the Grand Rapids Drive this past year and uh, actually spoke to a staffer uh, from the Grand Rapids Drive in the middle of the season who was really fond of Todd, his game, the way he plays. Big, lanky forward, athletic, do-it-all kind of wing uh, is sort of, you know, the linchpin for a team that I think will, will really stand out in a game like that. And that team has some scorers, Jarrell Simmons, Dorian Pinson, guys who can really light it up and did so uh, during their time uh, at their respective universities. Uh, so we'll see. You know, I don't want to cast too many judgments about Bluegrass Boys because I know they do have a, a couple more roster uh, announcements that will be coming in the next few weeks and some guys that could be game changers. Uh, but right now, I, I could definitely see D2 upsetting them, which would be a, a bit of a shame for the Bluegrass boys, considering that their first foray in, in TBT also did not get them out of the first round. Uh, but nevertheless, there's there's no easy outs in TBT anymore, and uh, I think this game will certainly prove that. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how this comes together. Wayne Turner, uh, Kentucky legend, is going to coach the Bluegrass boys. The uh, D2 team is coached by Grant Leonard, who's actually uh, a coach there at Queens. Grant's done an amazing job of organizing this team, and I have to say, like, 
this is in the top 5% of most organized teams that we see in the field this year. And that's usually a good indication of how a team is going to succeed. All right, Josh, let's put you on the spot. Who do you have? Oh, by the way, that game, I should have talked about this. That game is going to take place on Friday, July 19th at 9 p.m. That'll be the last game of the night. Uh, Look for that one potentially on ESPN2. We'll get confirmation of that as we go forward. Josh Brown, let's put you on the spot. Who do you have coming through the Kentucky Regional if you had to pick right now? Uh, I think the safe bet right now is um, I'm going to go with Fort Wayne coming out of that regional. I mean, uh, loyalty is love. If everyone shows up and they're all dedicated, they should be the favorite and come out of that regional. But uh, Fort Wayne has proved time and time again that they're a a team who can get the job done, who can win games in TBT. So uh, I'm going to go with Fort Wayne. Jake. Man, you stole my pick. I, I thought I was going to sneak in there with Mine Fort too. Wayne James. <laughs> have, have some surprise, get some woes, some oohs, some ahs. Clearly, we're all on the same page there. I love that team. I love what Garrett's done. He's built a great culture there. A lot of returning guys. Uh, having Julian Mavanga back this year is, is going to be a big game changer for them. And I really love the young guys they brought in, and Cam Jackson and Brandon Gilbeck. Um, that's a team I imagine will show up with a full squad. Uh, obviously, some chemistry there from previous years. They're not going to walk through anybody, but I think they're going to grind their way to Chicago. They're, they're my pick to win that region. So we're recording this about three weeks before the game start, guys. I, if I had a pick right now, I would pick Fort Wayne. I just have a feeling that that team is going to be loaded and ready to go. That being said, it's hard to find a more talented team than loyalty is love. And if those guys show up, they're ready to play, and everybody is, is there and available, and DeMarcus has them riled up, as I'm sure he will, um, they could run right through that regional by 25 points every game. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, guys, that's the conclusion of this episode of the TBT podcast of the Lexington Regional Preview. We'll be back next time with a preview of the Columbus Regional, which also is going to take place that same weekend, July 19th, 20th, and 21st. Thanks again for your time, Jake. Josh, we'll be back again to record our thoughts on the Columbus Regional in the very near future. Thanks again. See you guys soon.